Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 20 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Jeeves jumped into the back of the Bentley. The chauffeur was escorting him from London to Scotland. Jeeves was looking peaky. Maybe a break from the city for a walk in the Scottish countryside might help freshen him up. After a short trip, they would make the roughly eight-hour drive home refreshed. Jeeves was used to the more exceptional things in life. Sometimes he devoured the best fillet steak, purchased especially for him from Harrods. Jeeves, a black Labrador dog, returned from his mini-adventure to the high life with his owner, Lady Rosemary Abadawa. The luxury penthouse apartment at Waterside Point Battersea had a view of the Thames and celebrity neighbours that included film star Bridget Nielsen, who acted in the 80s action film Red Sonja, and alongside her former husband Sylvester Stallone in the Rocky franchise. Lady Abadawa's apartment was decorated extravagantly, A new plush baby blue carpet covered the floors. A £10,000 chandelier had been ideally placed to hit the light above an £8,000 dining table. Once Lady Abudawa spent a week in the iconic luxury hotel The Savoy in London, while her apartment was being transformed into an Antiguan paradise for one of her legendary parties. No expense was spared. Live lobsters splashed around in the bathtub, waiting to be chosen and boiled by the chef on site, 
and devoured by peckish party-goers. The floors were covered in white sand, palm trees were dotted about the apartment, and a steel band entertained the guests. A shower in one of her four bathrooms was fixed to run champagne. The party set her back £60,000. This wasn't the first nor the last of the 28-year-old's parties. Rosemary told people about her heritage. She said she was the daughter of the 22nd Earl of Morton, Scottish Lord. She had inherited £20 million from her grandfather, a man who had denounced the title of Lord. However, Rosemary, his granddaughter, decided she would reinstate the title and become Lady Abu Dawa. She said she wanted to spend all the money in her lifetime, and her new fair-weather friends were only too happy to help. Decades-old Don Perignon was drunk freely, and one week the socialite and her friends consumed 20 crates of the champagne. Holidays were celebrated in style. During Christmas in 1990, the lady hired two large warehouses on the riverfront of the docks in London. The blank grey space was transformed with the bright blinking lights of a fairground which included dodgems and a ghost train along with a colourful addition of side stalls. After the 25 guests grew tired of the noise of the fair, they were ushered back to Lady Dow's apartment to drink champagne served by their own personal waiter. Halloween was a two-week-long celebration organised by Lady Dower, who rented a 13th century hall in Yorkshire. The days were filled with grouse shooting and other organised activities, while the evenings were spent watching various cabaret and opera performers. A Halloween party was held and Lady Dower hired entertainers to dress as ghouls and jump out at guests from their mock coffins. It all ended in a spectacular fireworks display. Thousands of pounds lit up the sky, then disappeared into misty streaks of smoke. Her 29th birthday was spent on a carefully planned night at the Savoy. A room housed a specially made faux Chinese temple for the event. Valentine's Day was not an occasion that she missed either, hiring an entire cast of drag performers from a West End cabaret. Sometimes she would retire early, leaving the festivities in full swing. Between her parties, she planned extravagant holidays, twice flying to the Caribbean with friends, even hiring a yacht for £30,000 to transport her and her lucky guests from island to island. Day trips were not without flashy gestures. A day watching the horse racing at the Goodwood Racecourse in Sussex set her back £11,000, and a day watching tennis at Wimbledon, another 20,000. Daily life was lived to excess. With five members of staff, Rosemary joked that she was the first person to hire a male maid and a female butler. Her full-time staff also included a chauffeur, chef and a secretary. The best party planners fulfilled her requests for the most elaborate celebrations anyone had ever seen. Despite her inheritance, Lady Rosemary Abudawa still held a job. She waived the £22,000 salary as Deputy Director at the National Hospital Development Foundation. She had worked for the charity for five years. She worked hard, sometimes late, sometimes seven days a week. She was dedicated to her role. Some of her duties included bookkeeping and organising fundraising events. 
the charity was set up with a goal to raise £10 million for the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery, which specialises in the diagnosis and treatment of neurological conditions and diseases such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease and head injuries. Naturally, she was an expert at organising parties. The title attracted high-profile patrons and guests. The fundraising balls were the place to be, and much like her personal parties, they were extravagant. A patron who chose to donate to the cause was the Princess of Wales. Others wrote cheques for thousands of pounds, including Rosemary herself. In January 1991, she donated over £100,000. Her generosity knew no bounds. She promised a further donation of £400,000. Lady Abudal was leading a life most people could only ever dream of with inexhaustible funds and a jet-set socialite lifestyle. Romance was also blossoming. She was engaged to Army helicopter pilot Captain Michael Cubbin, who was stationed in Germany. The wedding was planned for December 1991 and Rosemary wore a £100,000 engagement ring, fitting for a lady with her title. Unfortunately, it was later reported that Jeeves the dog somehow got hold of the ring and hid it or possibly swallowed it. It was never seen again. Lady Aberdare was getting recognised, and with that a handful of magazines mentioned her name in the society sections. One even pictured her shaking the hand of Princess Michael of Kent at a fundraiser she planned. A journalist crossed paths with her at the Savoy. He was later told she was the Lady Rosemary Abudawa, and he reported she had a creamy, aristocratic complexion. She framed all of the news clippings, hanging them in one of her bathrooms. The brazen spending caught the attention of a malicious individual who made attempts to get in touch with her. This anonymous caller had made threatening phone calls to her apartment. It shook her up enough to hire a bodyguard. A colleague later recalled to the press when he first saw her roll up to work in a Bentley Turbo with a chauffeur in the front and her newly appointed bodyguard in the back. You might have thought the Queen had arrived the way she raised her hand and said good morning. Lady Abu had told him, You must understand that having inherited 20 million, I have to have a minder because I might get kidnapped. The tidbits in the press had piqued the interest of a concerned party. Lord Morton, a man who was a relative to the Abudawas. He wrote to a journalist telling him Rosemary was not Lady Abudawa. The real lady lived on a working farm in Scotland. The journalist was part of Rosemary Abudawa's wider circle of friends, and Rosemary explained away his doubts, convincing her friend it was just a mix-up. She said that because her grandfather denounced his title, she was of the first generation to reinstate it. Nothing had really changed, and so the parties continued. Looking to broaden her social circle, Lady Abudal wanted to join a private members club in London called the Lansdowne Club, so she submitted her application. In the paperwork, she claimed to have a membership to the Royal Yacht Squadron. The issue was, at the time, the Royal Yacht Squadron was only open to men, the administration of the Lansdowne Club wrote to her requesting an explanation. She withdrew her application, 
ignoring the request and instead decided to focus on her work. A huge event, the Queen's Square Ball, was due to take place to raise money for the National Hospital Development Foundation and Rosemary was planning it in typical outlandish fashion. Powdered wigs and horse-drawn carriages for the guests. All of course at Lady Rosemary Aberdour's expense. The thing was, it wouldn't be going ahead. Rosemary was not a lady, and even more importantly she had not inherited twenty million pounds. The money she was so careless and overgenerous with was stolen from the charity she worked for. Essentially she was taking from the sick to indulge the rich. If she wasn't who she claimed to be, who was she? Rosemary Abudawa, or Roz as her friends preferred to call her, was from Wickham Bishops, a village in Essex. Her childhood was financially stable, her father Kenneth was a radiologist and her mother Jean worked as a secretary. She would follow in her mother's footsteps after attending the Anglo-European school in Ingerston, Essex. She enrolled in a secretarial course in London and discovered that she excelled in bookkeeping. It showed in her grades when she left. She earned a distinction. Rosemary taught Sunday school at her local church and the vicar Christopher Sly described her as a good-hearted, if naive, soul. She gained employment for a firm who dealt with chartered accountants, then moved on to roles for an insurance broker and a freight forwarding business. By the time she found work at the National Hospital Development Foundation in 1986, she was in her mid-twenties and her track record and references were exemplary. She rose in rank and pay scale. In a brochure produced by the foundation, they said Rosemary was the brains behind the administration. For the first couple of years, she worked hard for the charity. Often the first one in and the last one out, she would frequently be seen in the office during the weekends. In 1988, she forged her first cheque. She justified the theft to herself, reasoning that she deserved it for all the additional hours she put in. She spent the money on a holiday. She was waiting to get caught, but nothing happened. The deception seemed so easy, and so she decided to do it again and again. In 1990, Rosemary concocted the story of inheriting a title and £20 million. She stopped collecting a wage from her work. Some of the money from donors didn't even find its way into the charity's building society accounts. Rosemary put it directly into an account she set up. It gave her the cash to buy expensive jewellery and the clothes she wanted. More and more, the amounts of money she stole were not enough to fund her fairy tale lifestyle. Rosemary Abadour began to extract thousands of pounds from the building society accounts that held the National Hospital Development Foundation money. In the last couple of years, they had been receiving up to £2 million in donations each year. They were getting close to their financial goal of £10 million, enough money to refurbish the old Victorian building where the hospital operated. Two of the nine trustees of the charity were required to sign cheques. They had three separate accounts. The signatures would be compared to those on file at the building society. On one occasion, a question arose when one of the signatures on the cheque didn't match as the text was uneven. Deviously, Rosemary manufactured an excuse. She claimed one of the trustees had Parkinson's disease. 
the shaking in their hands caused the flow of writing to be disrupted. The explanation was accepted and the check was processed. That didn't slow her down. She was in too deep and was far too preoccupied enjoying her new lifestyle. The concern from Rosemary's parents was laid to rest when their daughter explained the beautiful penthouse she was living in was a perk of her job, a place for her to entertain wealthy potential patrons. But not everything was as it seemed. After leaving one of her parties in a hurry, she was heard saying, Nobody wants me. Nobody wants me. I'm off. Despite her excessive generosity, it seemed to some as though Rosemary Abudawa lacked genuine friendships. A cabaret performer who was hired to appear at one of Rosemary's house parties assumed the event was being staged for, quote, knobs or great society figures. He said his paid performance was only for a handful of guests, Rosemary's secretary, her masseuse, and her secretary's boyfriend. She was like a girl in Wonderland, he later told the press. She was terribly nice and terribly sweet. It seemed everyone was buying her story, but not for much longer. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. 
Visit scenthair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Scenthair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Scenthair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Scenthair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. It was June 1991. In a month, the foundation was due to be audited. All incomings and outgoings would be carefully analysed, which was sure to uncover the faux aristocrat's theft. June 28th is when the Queen's Square Ball was due to take place. Attendees had purchased tickets, the profits of which were going to the foundation, though the event was going to have to be cancelled. On June 7th, while sifting through papers in the office, Rosemary Abudawa's boss Richard Stevens came across a photocopy of a cheque for £121,000. He, nor the other trustees, had approved such a withdrawal. When confronting Rosemary, she was relaxed and said she was having a cash flow problem. As alarming as the discovery was, the cheque was only scratching the surface. A few days later, all of the trustees of the charity were informed. It had become clear that the cash flow problem didn't come close to explaining the losses at this point. Their estimate was roughly £430,000, though they would later discover they had been taken for much more. They acted fast, applying to the High Court to freeze Abu Dawa's assets and to confiscate her passport. In addition, she was ordered to hand over documents to lawyers within one day. She was officially fired on June 12th when she had a meeting with the trustees. After the meeting, a lawyer went with Rosemary to a flat and collected all the required paperwork. News then reached the trustees that the High Court refused the request to seize her passport. Rosemary Abadawa neglected to turn up for a pre-arranged meeting a couple of days later, so the police were informed. The fugitive had already gathered up her jewellery and booked a flight to Brazil with quick pit stops in Barbados and Grenada before she travelled to her final destination, Rio de Janeiro, where she hid in a friend's apartment. She was out of reach of the British police. Brazil was a regular haven for wanted criminals. With no extradition treaty, she couldn't simply be sent back. In her absence on June 14th, her Bentley Turbo with a personalised £8,900 number plate of HIRUA, standing for Rosemary Una Abadawa, a Mercedes Sports and a Peugeot 205 were confiscated along with artwork, jewellery and anything of value from her apartment. Panic was evident, particularly when the sum stolen was getting higher and higher. Michael Hardman, spokesperson for the charity, addressed the press and said, A team of auditors have been working night and day. They believe the figure is nearer £3 million than the £1.7 previously mentioned. Everyone has been devastated. The sooner the affair is over and done with, and we can get back to raising money for a deserving cause, the better. When asked how she got away with such an audacious con, the spokesperson replied, 
With hindsight, of course, you can see through everything. You can see the easiest way across the Atlantic once Columbus has shown you the way. But it was quite an innocent thing, and nobody paid much attention to it at the time. John Young, a chairman for the charity, said, In case we are thought to be mugs, it should be understood that we had every reason to have confidence in her. She has worked for us for five years, and previous audits have shown nothing amiss. She worked very hard and diligently, and even volunteered her own time at weekends. Now identified as a con woman, newspapers changed their physical description of Rosemary Abadawa. Once celebrating her aristocratic complexion, now she was reduced to one short-cutting word, dumpy. It was clear she'd stolen from the National Hospital Development Foundation, but soon it came to light she had pulled the wool over the eyes of other people. Alongside the money she had taken, she owed over £300,000 in unpaid bills. Her chauffeur, Dean Berman, was one of those people and said to the Evening Standard, I've been left skint by her and I'm completely stunned. Berman was also living in a two-bedroom flat in the same building as Abu Dawa, a living arrangement which she paid for. After being left penniless, Dean Berman, aged 25, joined the Navy. Party planners were also left in debt when the jig was up for one of their top customers. A luxury party specialist, Bentley's, was left with a loss of over £33,000 and a catering firm, 12000 The latter tried to recoup some of the losses by charging for short interviews. Quite clearly, this woman had to have the very best all the time and she had the money to do it with, so it appeared. The real Lady Abu Dao was later interviewed and said it seems to be a rather large-scale fraud, and it is distressing that our names have been linked to it. It was reported before the theft was uncovered that the real Lady Abu Dawa's husband was planning on confronting Rosemary after a family member had seen mention of her in the society section of a newspaper. He planned to somehow get invited to one of her parties, but thought better of the idea when he considered the outcome would probably just be crosswords before he was removed from the festivities. After finding out about their daughter's activities, Rosemary Abu Dawa's parents wished to be left alone. A handwritten letter was pinned to the gate of their home to deter people from entering their property and asking them questions about their fugitive daughter. The National Hospital Development Foundation was hoping that the building societies would reimburse some, if not all, of the stolen money, as the withdrawals were unauthorised. Building works had already begun at the hospital, as they thought they were so close to their end goal. The head of corporate affairs for the Woolwich Building Society told the press, We would need to look at the particular circumstances of this case, but as a general position, a building society does have some responsibility where there have been fraudulent withdrawals. On June 19th, much to everyone's amazement, Rosemary Abodawa left the safe haven of Brazil to come home and face the music. Her fiancé, now being referred to as her boyfriend, Captain Michael Cubbin, had flown to Brazil to persuade her to go home. He joined her in business class on the flight from Rio de Janeiro. Six detectives from the fraud squad greeted her on the runway while press stood at a distance to film her arrival. There was a brief glimpse of her in a stripy top and black skirt, 
being escorted off the plane with her head bowed. Michael Cubbin rebuffed reporters' request for information, saying, I'm under instructions from the Ministry of Defence to say nothing. Flying back from Rio with her boyfriend, Rosemary Abadow was met by the fraud squad, officers escorting her from the plane to a waiting van. They were clearly in a hurry to question the 29-year-old in connection with the disappearance of several million pounds from the charity she worked for. Rosemary Abadow was whisked to Hoburn Police Station and held until she faced charges at Bow Street Magistrates Court on June 21, 1991. The sum of money thought to have been stolen was reported in the press as £3 million, though when she appeared at Bow Street, she was charged with stealing £1,741. No application for bail was put forward and she registered her parents' home in Essex as her place of residence. The National Hospital Development Foundation was not free from scammers. Being in the press may have alerted conman Barry Gray to their existence. They may have seemed like easy prey given their dealings with Rosemary Abadawa. Gray, originally from South London, got in touch with them and using a false name he claimed that he knew where Abudawa had invested and hidden the money overseas. Barry Gray, who is now known as the Gentleman Swindler, was reportedly responsible for conning billionaire Rupert Murdoch out of $25,000 in 1976 for a pair of scruffy old brown shoes. He claimed the shoes belonged to Jimmy Hoffa, an American trade unionist that mysteriously vanished in the mid-70s. In reality, the shoes had been purchased from a pawn shop for $3.50. In exchange for his information on Rosemary Abudawa, Barry Gray requested the foundation pay his costly travel expenses when he offered to fly in from Europe to tell them more. So where are we now? Along with her fiancé, Rosemary Abudawa's parents, Kenneth and Jean, arrived at the Old Bailey in London for their daughter's hearing towards the end of March 1992. Her barrister Graham Bowl tried to paint his client as a weak and lonely person. He told the court... The cars and the jewels have gone back to their rightful owners. The pretty balloons have long since burst and the party is over. She squandered thousands on a Walter Mitty lifestyle of make-believe. She certainly is no complicated criminal, but she is a rather complex character. She has in the end absolutely nothing to show for her crime apart from her poverty, shame, courage and remorse in facing up to this indictment. The court heard what the embezzled money was spent on. More than £780,000 had disappeared on parties, £280,000 on cars and £134,000 on personal staff. The most expensive party she held cost a staggering £110,000. She gave thousands of pounds to friends, people that her defence dubbed hangers-on and sponges. Brendan Finnegan, acting on behalf of the prosecution, said, It is clear many people were taken in by her, close friends, and even her boyfriend. Rosemary Abudawa pleaded guilty to 17 charges of theft, obtaining money by deception and forgery. The judge, Mr Justice Leonard, said that she was an unsophisticated criminal, but he believed that her deception took some skill. He also stated... You spent the money on gross extravagance, and he reminded her, you were trusted. 
He said this is the most lenient sentence I can pass. Rosemary Abudawa was sentenced to four years in prison and was warned if Barry Gray's allegations were true, she would face an increased sentence. Stephen Pollard, Rosemary's solicitor, spoke to the waiting press outside the court. She still feels that she's not of great value, that she's not loved, and she has no, no really real value in herself. Uh, and this, I think, was part of the reason for the, for the binge. After she was sentenced, a bankruptcy trustee was appointed to investigate Abadawa's financial situation. After the investigation, she filed for bankruptcy. It was also concluded that Barry Gray's allegation that Rosemary Abudawa had funds hidden overseas was a fabrication. Due to this, her prison sentence was not increased. The money taken from the National Hospital Development Foundation was reimbursed by the building societies. Rosemary Abudawa was released from prison after serving half of her four-year sentence. In 1994, it was reported she was engaged to prisoner Graham Backhouse, who is covered in Season 3, Episode 18 of this podcast. The engagement only came to light after Backhouse's death in 1994. In June 1995, the BBC aired a television programme called Scan. The show's producers had visited Abodaur at her cottage in Oxfordshire, which she shared with her new husband. They invited her to take part in the programme, an offer which she declined. Rosemary Abidawa's present whereabouts are unknown. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. If you would prefer to listen to our podcast a few days early without adverts, you can for just $3 a month. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash they walk among us. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast provider. staccato cries of mayday and an eyewitness report of a mid-air explosion is about all that is known this morning of the british columbia air disaster which yesterday claimed 52 lives i said well i was just wondering about a plane crash and she said oh i just saw it on the tv and the, everyone was killed my mom was on that plane it repelled yet it attracted there was an odor which nobody mentioned which is similar to that of burning hair it's remarkable to me that a human being could decide to blow up a plane full of strangers. So many lives were impacted by this. It carried 46 passengers and a crew of six. There were no survivors. 
I really want to know what happened. And it makes me extraordinarily angry that it's always been a big secret. You look at the four leading suspects. Gambler on plane insured for 125000 jury told. He had one or two murder charges against him and was acquitted. They knew what had happened, but they didn't know why appeared to be a fairly normal boy, quote-unquote, single, who didn't have many friends. We were told nothing. All right, now we're going to do the second explosion. Three, two, one, fire! We've learned more and more about this story and about this man that I wasn't sure even existed. But Joe, I, I found him today. Holy shit, like the guy? The guy. I said, do you know who did it? And he said, we have a very good idea who the responsible person was. From CBC Podcasts and CBC's The National, Uncover Season 2, Bomb on Board, hosted by me, Ian Hanamansing, and Johanna Wagstaff. Investigating the largest unsolved mass murder in Canada, Canadian Pacific Flight 21. Get the Uncover podcast for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And for all the latest updates, become part of our online community by joining the Uncover Facebook group or following us on Twitter at UncoverCBC. This was not an accident. This was pure murder. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.